0: In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no
1: off days.
0: This is the No Off Days podcast, The Nod Pod. Welcome on in. Chris Cato to my left. BK is in the booth. I am Scott Smith. And uh, we come in. Post-All-Star break, Uh, so this is actually, technically, as we tape this, the deadest day in sports, Chris. It's the day after the All-Star game. There's nothing going on. I have felt dead inside. Dead inside. We're (laughs) going to fill you up with a bunch of life. Here we go. That's what I need. Yeah, absolutely. The the downside of it being the All-Star break is that uh, I have now, hey, now, you're an All-Star, going in my head from Smash Mouth. Just on a constant, a constant rotation. Thanks.
2: Now I'm going to have it stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah.
0: Remember that one time we almost had the basis. The from Smash? basis. For, we were this close to booking him. We and almost then, had it. What? Something came up. Yeah. Well, I, think I think he we, had to clean his Keurig
2: or something. It was the
0: only uh, guest that we said no, thank, thank you. Uh, yeah. There was a hinge point early on in you know the infancy of our show. Which direction were we going to go? Were we going to be the type of podcast that books the basis for Smash Mouth? Or are we going to get you know guests like what we have today?
2: Who and, made who made that call ultimately and said I think this is? I
0: think it was Brian. Yeah, I think BK <laughs> shot that down. He said, "What, what are you going to talk to the guy about?" <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, it was fun. Hey, remember that time
2: you played bass and that other guy <laughs> saying, "Hey, now I'm an all star." I did something. Yeah. Something.
0: <laughs> Go ahead and, and get started. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the what did you make of, of the All-Star festivities this week? I mean, it kicked off on Monday. Uh, Randy Rosarena kind of stealing the show a little bit. He did not win coming up just short to Vlad Jr., but did you were you entertained by that home run derby?
2: I love the home run derby. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's one of the best spectacles in any of the all-star events in any of the sports. I mean, better than dunk contest and all that stuff we talked about with last week with the nfl skills competition it was great and boy they were uh popping this year we had what yeah. um Gart was it rodriguez in the first round set a record yeah right with with yeah. 41 he had
0: 41
2: and then yeah. rosie hit uh 35 in the second round and only four times has that been done well so- it,
0: it timed out well for randy because he you know he had he went first which, you know, a little nerves out of the gates, you would imagine. But for him, I think he just loved the fact that he was right out of the gates. And then he had he had to wait until the second round. So he had all this time to recover. Yeah. And then it, it just kind of every round that he advanced, it kind of worked out that way for him. And, and when you got down to the final one between him and Vlad, he had 30 seconds left, and he was five home runs away. We thought he was going to do we it. We thought he's is a shoe-in, right? Yeah. is a cowboy boot-in. And he, he just, unfortunately... Yeah. Just kind of ran out a little bit of gas down the stretch. Yeah,
2: but had some gas in the tank for the next night when he got off to a great start of yeah. the game.
0: had a base hit in his first at bat, and uh, then he, was, he tried to steal second, and they got him. Got
2: greedy. Great yeah.
0: play out in left field there. So, yeah, I think our Rays were pretty I well represented. So. Yeah, Yandy Diaz hit a tater in the game, so... But they but they missed the intros on a couple of the guys. Did you catch that? What, what happened? So Wander Franco and then Shane McClanahan, they were introduced as reserves, or they should have been introduced as reserves, but the PA announcer never mentioned their names. They come out right after the Seattle Mariners players, so there's this big ovation, and then you kind of see in the background like, here comes Wander and Shane. They come walking out the red carpet, and they just they never mentioned their names. They never got a proper how house disrespectful it was. And That's then they sloppy. didn't. And then they didn't put Wander in until the ninth inning
2: yeah and then what does he do he, he hits a he deep. hits a
0: fly yeah but absolutely. but it so al- almost, almost tied the game yeah warning yeah. track power he's got of course more that was there.
2: an exciting game though you said it last week that the mlb all-star game is the best of the all-star games and lat and that game proved why because you still have good on good at the end of the game it came down to craig Kimbrel trying to prove that he's still an elite reliever yep. in yep. his older age uh, with you know men in scoring position facing, well he put him in scoring position. Well he did, Walked but, but he still got to get big outs. He's, yeah. And you've got the hometown guy Rodriguez batting. Yeah, he, he did walk him, and then he gets the final out.
0: I was, and you know we were kind of quietly um, rooting for a tie at the end, and was as we bring BK in, uh, because at the end they resolve these all star games if they're tied in the last inning. The, with a home run derby, right? I don't know how does how would that have worked? I know wow. we kinda of shot through some scenarios, but do they legitimately like time out these at bats? Did they select the, the home run hitters to, to win us? I don't
1: thing? I don't know. I I mean it it honestly kinda of surprised me when he was saying that and I said, Is that true? Is that how we're doing it? So I mean, like, who do you pitch? Who pitches to you? You get the guy that threw to Alonso, who couldn't. Yeah, well, it's
0: got to be one of those arms. It it's not going to be Kimbrel in Yeah, out. yeah, like that's not a home run derby. So right. you got to bring out one of the one of the coaches or someone that your team selects. I make, yeah, make
2: Shohei Ohtani pitch to himself <laughs> yeah. and then have another guy on the National League pitch to himself. Yeah,
0: it was uh, it would have been fun to see. But I thought it was I thought it was a win for oh, Fox great. and a win for Major League it
2: Baseball. Great. The best part about it being in Seattle is that Fox had to bump in and out of commercials with grunge music. So we got to yep. hear the first few you know, chords of, of, of Alive uh i heard a uh, black hole sun i got a uh, smells like teen spirit i mean it was everything yeah. we needed yeah. yeah
0: back to your teenage years um but now we're at the all-star break guys so i kind of figured we'd pose this question like as we look at this raised team that that kind of struggled down the stretch in the first half as they look forward to the second half it's probably a good time to give them some semester grades we we kind of did this for the the league as a whole the good bad and the ugly a couple weeks ago but i, I figured maybe we give some superlatives for the Rays individual players. So, who would you have as the first half MVP? I'll throw it out there for you guys. See if we match. And I will defer to Brian. Okay, as, as Brian, well, out my, of the I, gates. Who's the MVP for the Rays in the first
1: half of the season? There's really so many to choose from. I kind of went off the board a little bit with my MVP. I'm giving it to Kevin Cash, not for his managing. Come on. Uh-huh. No, not for the managing. Not for his managing. No, this move <laughs> is going to pay off. drop
0: dead good looks.
1: Yeah, well, no by benching Wander Franco for those two games, when he wasn't hustling, when there was something going on with his head in his yeah. clubhouse, okay. that's not only really gonna pay off this year, that's gonna pay off for this kid down the road. So, hope so. Uh, yeah, so I think that move right there, uh, with anything's gonna help this team out during the uh, end of the season. Well, wow. yeah,
0: I think it, it does show leadership and it sets an example for one of the guys that, you know, whether or not he is acting the most mature in the clubhouse, it's a guy that no doubt everybody kind of looks up to. Hey, you're gonna be carrying this franchise for, for years to come. And if the manager is not afraid to do something like that, I think it says a lot. You yeah, know, they, they could trust in, in Cashier uh, as they have you know, from day one. But,
2: but lesson learned, we shouldn't have started with Brian. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he opens kind of, with a manager right. as his MVP.
3: Well,
0: I, you're not going to probably like mine. Mine is, I think, a fairly obvious one. I think it's Randy Orozarena. I mean, I think yeah. the guy, he's he's tied for the home run lead, uh, leads the team in RBIs at this point, And I think his personality, kind of that magnanimous you know, spirit that he has, I think that's what kind of galvanizes this team. He's one of those guys that everybody wants to be around in the clubhouse. So, for all that he contributes on the field, I think he is also a glue guy in the clubhouse. So I got Randy.
2: Yeah, I will give me a guy that didn't disappear in June, kind of like Randy did. Give me Yandy. Uh yeah. This guy is just rock steady, leads the league in batting average and on base percentage. Fourth in slugging percentage, second in OPS, on and on. His defense has been good. Remember, we were worried uh, the Rays are losing G-Man Choi, and he was such a good first baseman. yandi has been solid. Uh, so I think, you know, Yandi has kind of been that – Just like it was last season, he was always on base.
0: Let's go reverse order for this one, surprise. Yeah. biggest surprise.
2: I had trouble with this one. there were two guys but I ultimately went with Josh Lowe just because he was so bad last year. He couldn't hit certain pitches this year. A lot expected. Yeah, and, a lot was expected, but yeah. he underdelivered. He he obviously changed some things. He's catching up to pitches now he couldn't catch up to last season. He's hitting 276, 12 homers, 48 ribbies and 19 stolen bases. Got yeah. some wheels.
0: Okay. I'm going to I liked I like Josh Lowe too. He was one of my finalists, but I went with uh, Luke Riley. That was my other guy. Because yeah. of the fact that he came out of literally nowhere. They needed a left-handed he power. He came from bat. Ohio. Is that true? Yeah, he's... Was- <laughs> But I think that what he's been able to produce, and he's not a a full-time starter. You know, He's playing a little bit limited action, uh, but he's got 15 dingers on the season. Uh, He leads the team in slugging. I mean, this guy has been been a pleasant surprise, and he's provided some pop. So, you know, you could probably give it to a dozen guys, honestly, on that team. BK, who do you got?
1: Uh, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. (laughs) First place coach. No. Uh, My my biggest surprise... (laughs) is actually is It's the team speed. I mean, this team was a just a horrible base running team last year. Then this year, they're 111 stolen bases. Where'd that come from? Yeah. And they lose Kiermaier in the offseason. And, and I mean, if uh, they uh, they had, what, 95 stolen bases last year. They've yeah. already blown right past that. Where'd that come from? So that was a huge surprise. And the play of Jose Siri in the outfield. I mean, yeah. holy oh, yeah. cow. I he's mean, been fun to watch. Yeah. He has been. I mean,
0: he'll, he'll drop the occasional one out there. But, yeah. uh, I mean, his power, no doubt. I mean, he he already, it. He's yeah. already surpassed his, his home run total career one yeah. right um yeah i think you're I, I think uh bk missed the memo a little bit he's he's trying he's to he's going the like he's back going door. with non-players yeah. Yeah. Well, i all know right. who our
1: guest is and i'm trying to impress him okay oh, okay
0: <laughs> all right so um for disappointments um i'm gonna kind of pull a page out of out of your playbook there bk uh, i'm gonna go health I mean, I I don't want to pin it on one guy individually, but when you look at the health of of what they expected out of their core pitching staff, um, obviously you don't got Springs, you don't have Rasmussen. um, I mean, even guys like like Shane Boz, not healthy, a guy that has a a ton of promise, a guy like Josh Fleming, uh, Andrew Kittredge, I mean, so many names. Well, how about even Glass now?
2: After he comes back, he's been... uh you know, he's left games early because of some problems. Well, yeah. I
0: don't think hopefully that's not a big thing. I mean, I think it's going to take some time for him to get back into form, uh, assuming he could stay healthy. But it's not jinxing them. All right, okay. He,
2: well, my disappointment is that you took my disappointment, which was injury health? pitching, oh, okay. pitching yeah. injury. So my backup is the bullpen uh, to me has been shaky, especially when we've seen this team struggle down the stretch in, in June, uh, Jason Adam and Fairbanks, your setup guy and your closer, have fallen flat in some big moments. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't been lack of offense when the Rays have been struggling here. You know, I've seen plenty of games where they scored four, five, six runs, and then Adam or Fairbanks can't get the job done, and they and they blow a lead. So I, I hope the Rays go after a bullpen arm uh, before the end of the trade deadline.
0: That wouldn't be a bad
1: idea, yeah. BK. Oh, I agree with that. It, it had to be the bullpen, but mine was also injuries. And and why it's so disappointing is the fact that, I mean, can you imagine what this team would be if they had these injuries? I mean, we all forget about Jeffrey Springs at the beginning of the season. That guy was lights out. Unhittable, yeah. And now, you know. That would have
0: been a a huge bonus, though. I mean, nobody was expecting him to do what he did throughout training camp or spring training. I mean had he kept on that pace then yeah that's a that's yeah. a huge loss but right yeah yeah all right we're all on the same page there yeah. okay uh what do we have on the big program
1: Ooh, here? big program we got ken rosenthal fox nice. lead ooh uh, Bow tie, baseball no bow
2: tie. you think he's gonna be bow tie? this is we've, got, we've come far since almost getting the basis for smash mouth to uh to ken, ken rosenthal, rosenthal. Does, he, Good. Does, he,
0: does he slap at a base
2: does
0: he do hey he man
2: i wonder if he will he wear his bow tie in the interview or yes, is
0: that ooh, yes. what do you think
1: yeah i'm gonna say yes
0: i mean yeah uh, why wouldn't he why wouldn't he dress up but to it's be us, on our show? no yeah. no 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 it's not Wait. us it's us <laughs> it's yeah right? it's not us it's us yeah. Yes,
2: bow tie. We give him a contract that says bow tie.
0: Yeah. All right, very good, BK. We will catch Thanks up guys. with you at the end. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox 13 newscom nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner. There you can find all our shows. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong bow with taking the back streets? Yeah, you know, you'll never know if you don't go and you will never shine if you don't. Oh,
1: boy, Glow. 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 Come yeah. on, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, please subscribe, fox13news.com slash nodpod. So, you know, when we were kind of combing through uh, the talkers for this week, you know, I thought, hey, the biggest story, it's it's the collision of sports and big-time sports stars and the entertainment industry. And this is the case of Victor Weminyama, the first overall pick in the NBA draft, Spurs uh, star of the future and Britney Spears. Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of this because this this is not this case is uh it's just has more life to it. I thought it was just a one-time thing. Okay, so so there was a, apparently a, a, she got hit by his security guard and and but then video surfaced. Yeah. And we realized, well, what the security guard was doing was actually she came up from behind, she went you know tapping him on the shoulder trying to get grab him. And the vi- security guard kind of swings his arm back and she hits herself with her own hand. And then she said, yeah, "Well, she said, that's they, not they a fair character.
2: <laughs> that's so. Oh,
0: you were just setting yeah, up no. your your Th- bad joke there." That's what this there. whole thing is about. Uh, well, she did. He he kind of pushed her back. But
2: her her arm. Okay, I'm not taking sides. But you you. Did, like I it. don't like how you described it there. Okay. Because people can watch the video. You said she hit her hit herself in her own face with yes, her hand. Yes. Yeah. No, because of it's his like hand. like if
0: I grabbed your hand. Why are you hitting yourself? Yes, Chris? that's Remember exactly what he did. Yeah.
2: Well, kind of.
0: But he's not hitting her. I mean. You have to watch oh, the video. Oh, come on, Scott. He he's, hit her. He's not hitting her. He's putting oh my his gosh. arm back because she's reaching for him.
2: He put his arm back. He's AKA, doing the job of a security he guard. He swung his arm and he hit her. Can we agree that he hit her? I'm not saying this it is the end of the world. I, I
0: would say it's not an intentional strike. And so when you say the security guard hit Britney Spears, it makes it seem like, well, he's like, okay, he, that's uncalled for, He right? did hit her. Now, I know mm, what you- Technically, she hit her own uh, face look, with her hand.
2: Look, it's clear that he didn't look at what he was hitting. He just swatted kind yeah. of haphazardly, yeah. okay. but he still hit her.
0: All right, so let's determine fault here then. So she, she has now said, I, I want a public apology. I, yeah. I demand a public apology from Victor Wimbanyama and his security team. Mm -hmm. And do you think that that is deserved? Do you think that that should happen?
2: Well, let's back up. She's already been apologized to by- In in person. In person. Apparently 30 minutes after it occurred. I don't know why it took 30 minutes. How about an apology right after I smack you in the face and knock your glasses on the ground? But but 30 minutes, okay, 30 minutes later in this restaurant, security team comes up to her and apologizes to her, or a member of the security team. And a few days later she wants an apology from Victor himself
0: and the Spurs. I don't know why it I, seems so weird. I don't, like, don't know why, why you not need- just it's obviously it was not intentional. The security guy is doing the job of security guys. Right? He's trying to keep people's hands off of this guy. That's his job. Mm-hmm. If the tables were turned and some basketball players coming up and trying to reach for Britney Spears. What do you think would would it play out any differently?
2: It's funny that you bring that up because Brittany addressed that in her last video. She said oh, she's yeah. been mauled, mobbed.
0: She's she's toured with
2: NSYNC and all the NSYNC fans are running over her and no no member no. of her security team touched any of these innocent fans.
0: I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that a member of her security team has never had to are touch another fan. Are you suggesting
2: she's fibbing? Okay, she was actually caught fibbing here. Did you see this in, in this second video she released demanding I, the public I, I, apology? I saw the
0: video, but yeah.
2: Okay, so she she char- she characterized what happened, uh, which is on video, uh, that the security guard, security team member, hit her and knocked her to the floor, and one of her friends had to pick her up. Mm. Apparently, that, she didn't that, that, know that, that, that video had ooh. existed of oh. this because Ouch. no, she didn't fall to the floor. All that fell to the floor were her glasses, her sunglasses, and so, maybe
0: a, l- a little self-esteem. So, so a little this
2: is that. where this is why where I land on this. Okay. Uh, no, I don't want Victor. We have to apologize because she clearly is now making up details that didn't happen. So no, no apology for you.
0: The public apology is not necessary. Okay. It, he apologized to her. She doesn't. This whole thing is made public because she has made it public. Right. She has made, turned this into what seems like the, the accusation of an assault that clearly was not taking place. And she's made it public, and now she's drawing it out. And I don't understand why, but it's bizarre to me. And I think she should let it go and accept the initial apology and just move on. But yeah, it seems yeah. like there's something else. She wants something else out of this. Um, and here we got Wim and Yama that kind of makes it seem like, um, like who's this? Britney Britney Spears? Who's that? You know, like she, he yeah. almost had that kind which of, which makes it worse for her. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, was like, he was born in 2004, so I'm yeah. sure she had uh, a, a bunch of albums out before he was ever, <laughs> ever even born. But yeah. Okay. So we're all both in favor of team women. and security. Yes. Okay. We're okay. on, on team. Wembe. Okay. All right. On to the next uh, hot topic. Um, so hard knocks, we've made a decision mm. in the NFL. The NFL has decided it is going to be the New York jets. They get um, the HBO series this year during training camp. And of course it's all about Aaron Rodgers. How, how does he adapt to this new environment, this new team? How many darkness retreat jokes will be had within the first couple of episodes? Um, do you like the selection of of Rogers and the Jets?
2: I do. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be good. And I also like it because I think the NFL is really limited in who they could pick, right? And so the choices were down to the Bears. Eh, no yeah, thanks. no thanks. Uh, the Saints.
0: Yeah. You know, it's surprising. Sometimes the the teams that you think will have the best um, hard knocks not necessarily the case Uh, the
2: lions blew us away last year right and no one was expecting um and the and the commanders so you got those four so I think the jets were the best choice yeah
0: obviously I mean everybody wants to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit see what it's like for for Aaron Rodgers as he steps into a new team how he kind of works with his new pieces his new coach who you know I don't I don't think Robert Saleh wanted uh he he, 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 he did not no which any good coach would say that. Um, but, of course, it Nate, raises your your profile a little bit. Uh, this team is, you know, they, they ended the season with six straight losses. So, they're coming into this season. You want some of that hype machine, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you brought in Aaron Rodgers to do just that. You're a team that's now being talked about as, as a team that could challenge in the in the East. So, we shall see. But um, I think there's other personalities, too. saw Sauce Gardner is be one fun. of those guys that people will keep an eye on. Uh, but I'm kind of interested to see how the, the interaction between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson's gonna go to him, the back oh. quarterback the guy that he was supposed to be the guy look at you and now yeah. and now he has to, to yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna have like sidelong lances glances <laughs> that will be seen uh, him like in the background you know looking over the shoulder of of uh, Aaron Rodgers leading uh, the huddle or whatnot so um, I, I think it's gonna be a good choice I think it's compelling TV and Aaron Rodgers is uh, is fit for that
2: it'll it will it'll, it'll have to be really good to to beat the Lions last year but I think it'll be
0: good all right so because uh, we have kind of done some planning here on the nod pod and we credit BK for this we are gonna we are actually nine weeks away from the start of the season And so we decided we're going to go through each division. Is is that right? Is my timeline correct on that, BK? Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Um, So we're going to go through each division on each of the next nine episodes, ending with the NFC South, giving our predictions and our thoughts on how these divisions are going to shake out. Okay. And so drawing the short straw week one, we're going to start (laughs) way out West in the AFC uh, with the AFC West. Uh, So, Uh, let's let's start I'm gonna go I'll I'll give you kind of my lay of the land here I'm gonna go in reverse order how I think they're gonna finish and why I think they're gonna finish there okay Uh, coming in fourth and last in the AFC West I got is the Vegas Raiders uh they lose Derek Carr they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if Garoppolo is even healthy there's a big question mark there Garoppolo has been a a serviceable quarterback throughout his tenure but um I just don't like I I don't like the pieces that they have there I mean they, they do have Devontae Adams they have Josh Jacobs so they have two there but I think learning a new offense with Grapple leading the charge. I think they're going to kind of miss Derek Carr a little bit. Um, Their defense is going to be awful this year, and they're competing in a tough division. So I got Vegas coming in last. Uh, Coming in third, I have the L.A. Chargers, actually. But I think third in this division, I think, could be a wild-card team. Mm-hmm. So I still I, I love the Chargers. I, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. Obviously, I think they have a, a great receiving core: Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then I love the the TCU rookie receiver that they brought in, in Quentin Jefferson yeah. or uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, and then of course Austin Eckler, great dual threat running back. So they're going to have the offensive pieces. Uh, they have a new OC and Kellen Moore. So I think the offense is, is going to be nice. There may be a little bit of a learning curve there. Uh, the the defense up front probably not great. Um, And, you know, obviously the way they ended last season in the playoffs losing in a horrible collapse to the Jaguars. That could be one of those, like, where does this team go from here? Is that going to be a moment that galvanizes them, that makes them more hungry to get back and and repeat, or is that kind of letting some wind out of the sails? So I got the the Chargers coming in number three. My number two team, my surprise team, is the Denver Broncos. I think they're going to get in on the wild card. I like the Sean Payton match. I think uh, we're going to see a little bit more of vintage Russell Wilson, uh, getting him back on track um they picked just the the coach to be able to do that i love their receivers as well judy sutton and then they picked up marvin mims in the draft so i think that they're going to have some this, that offense is going to be much better hmm. uh, they have a bunch of new players uh especially their d line i think they got a couple new starters frank clark's one of those guys that came over from That's the right. Chiefs. so i think he's going to make an instant impact i mean they finished five wins last year so your your schedule sets up a little bit better and um at least i think earlier on and so i think they're going to be able to stack some wins and they're going to surprise some teams and then i have of course your division winner i don't really need a bunch of clarification for this it's it's the defending super bowl champs i think the kansas city chiefs until someone can knock them off they won 14 games last year and the whole thing so um i mean they have uh, they have mahomes kelsey if they can get uh, Kadarius tony to be healthy and play and and play the role that they want him he was a nice addition yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, special teams as well. We saw that yeah. in the Super Bowl. Um, but and then I, I love their stable of running backs, too. Uh, versatile and, um, yeah, so it should be good. They, Chris Jones, D-line. I mean, they did lose, like I mentioned, C- Frank Clark. That could hurt a little bit. Can some of those guys that were depth pieces before step in and, and take over some of those sack numbers? So
2: that's how I see it. Yeah, I was prepared for us to have kind of the same ranking there, and then you threw a little twist in there with putting the Broncos yeah. in second. Now you got me rethinking things. Let me ask you this real quick.
0: That Vegas has Denver's win total at eight and a half. I'm gonna take over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take over. Okay. I just I, I've I, seen too much of Sean Payton yeah. I mean, this guy, he he's gonna know how to utilize his guys. I think there's gonna be a shot of confidence. With Russell Wilson at quarterback, knowing that he has a guy like Sean Payton. I mean, it, it, that marriage with Hackett last year was, did not work awful. from day one. No. So I think this is going to be a totally different story. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'll do my ordering then and w- reverse as well. Raiders don't disagree with you at all. And I don't know that it's so much about, yeah, I don't, Garoppolo's not an upgrade from Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's better, but it's just Josh McDaniels. I have no faith in the guy. Yeah. He fell on his face at Denver. He did it last season, and it, there's no way he can turn it around. He's the worst coach in the division. And- And their win total is six and a half. And I'll take the under. Mm, I'll take the under on that. that. Uh, Then I have Denver third. I do believe in Sean Payton. I do believe he can unlock the old Russ. Um, I just think they need a few more weapons on offense to really get to where Payton can take this. Um, Defense was really good last year. I think 10th in total defense. But I think the Chargers are going to be just a bit better. Uh, I just love what the Chargers have added offensively. If they hadn't had the injuries they had last year, I mean, you're looking at a different team. They get uh, Rashawn Slate healthy this year. Yeah. He missed all of last season. Stud left tackle, more protection for Herbert. If you could keep Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field at the same time, remember, they both missed a lot of games last year, too. It would be like one would be playing, the other would be injured. Mm-hmm. And they did that the whole season with Quentin Johnson. Gerald Everett at tight end, I mean, well, even though their defense is shaky, I mean, you look at this as an offensive league. This. They're not going to beat the Chiefs. I, I don't think they're there yet. I definitely have the Chiefs winning the division, but it could be a really special season for the Chargers. Their win total is only nine and a half. I'm taking the over on that. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, we don't need to say much. Uh, and you said it there. It's it's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's Andy Reid. You know we don't we can't really doubt them. Uh, to possibly, uh, you possibly know, be playing in another Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as a whole, though, that the division is going to see uh, a step up. I mean, obviously, just the addition of Sean Payton to that division is going to draw the best out. I mean, as you mentioned about McDaniels, it could be a hot seat year for him mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas. So <clears throat> I think that the division is going to be a lot better. And so do they beat up on each other and knock some of those yeah. down? I mean, it's hard to pull two wild cards out of the same division, but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And a lot of my, my, my gut, on Denver is just the simple fact of like can we have if you have a premier quarterback and one of the best coaches in the game t- teaming up together it's just a matter of like how quickly can we get on the same page uh or t- is
2: Russ still a premier quarterback that's kind of what you're banking on there is that he's still I that am. guy
1: yeah
0: no, yeah I definitely am so we shall see uh next week we'll stay probably in the AFC what, what do you want to do next week you want to go east what do, what do we go? do NFC oh you want to stay in the AFC I thought we would bounce back and forth. Okay, all right, we'll do NFC West next week. Sounds yeah. like fun. I want to start. Yeah, last? yeah sure. <laughs> all right, I love it. All right, so um, as mentioned off the top, this is All Star Week, and so we had the guy that that was in the mix at the All Star game, um, but it was before the All Star game, so some of these questions might be a little dated, but we f- we think that you'll find them interesting. My shirt may be dated too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Uh, quick wardrobe change in three, two, one. Here's our interview with Ken Rosenthal. Well, Chris, our, our guest always has his finger on the pulse of what's going on in Major League Baseball. Part of our lead team here at Fox. MLB on Fox reporter Ken Rosenthal is our guest. Ken, thanks for joining us. And right off the gate, we, we have to say congratulations. I see that you have been named the MNSMA's Sports Media Sports Writer of the Year. That is uh, some incredible wow. stuff.
3: Thanks very much. Appreciate that, Scott.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you're always on the go from all-star game to to world series coverage. You you cover the field of dreams game out in the cornfields in Iowa. What is your favorite assignment that you've
3: had with Fox? Ooh, that's a good question. I beat the London game and we had one in 2019 and we had one just a few weeks ago. And, The opportunity to go to a foreign country and to experience that was really special. Now, obviously, it's been thrilling to cover all these World Series and All-Star games and playoffs, but those London games were really special, as were the Field of Dreams games.
0: Do you get a chance to do like the touristy stuff and stop by Buckingham Palace and ride the double-decker buses? Do you get to do any of that stuff?
3: I didn't do much, but at least this year I took a nice walk seeing some of those things. In 2019, I didn't because I was so buried at work and I was kicking myself for days afterwards saying, You idiot, you're in London <laughs> and you're just sitting in your room doing your normal thing. So this year I made some time.
0: Well, n- not to, to belabor this point, but I mean, we see in the NFL when they take their games over the, across the pond, as they say. Uh, there is a different vibe in, in the, you know, the the stadium. Uh, it's a hungry fan base. They love it. it. Does it feel similar on a baseball
3: side of things? I don't know that it's quite like the NFL because the awareness of baseball in England is not nearly what it is for football. But it is a special event, and certainly there are a lot of expats who live in London who go to these games. There are a lot of people who travel over from the states to go to these games and they're starting to make some inroads in attracting the English and European fans as well. So it's a starting point. It's not the NFL, but it's not the NFL over here either. It's understandable at the same time, you've got to start somewhere and these London games have kind of given them a foothold in that part of the world.
0: Uh, you know, we, we have talked about all stars, all star games in various sports and why it just doesn't stick as much the 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 fandom is not quite as there the games really don't mean as much but in baseball it it still is special it's still nostalgic it's still the midsummer classic and why why is that why does baseball's kind of hold on the all-star games still matter where in other sports when you look at you know what they do with the pro bowl or or even the nhl or the nba's all-star version it's just not quite as intriguing
3: Couple of things. One, the sport has the longest history of any of these sports, and we can go back to nineteen thirties and Babe Ruth was in the All Star Game and talk about things like that. And the other thing is the calendar. There is nothing else really going on at this time of year in sports other than baseball and other than that break for the All Star Game. Now, granted, NFL training camps are getting closed, the Women's World Cup and soccer is coming. I get it, but of... Uh, the crowdedness of the calendar. It's not the same as it would be when the NBA All-Star Game is going on or the Pro Bowl. There's so many other things going on at once. And that helps, and just the mere fact that it's in the summer, it's right in the middle of summer. People look forward to it, they enjoy it. Give us
2: your analysis on, for Rays fans, uh, what are the weaknesses from what you've seen that have kind of caused some of these struggles as we approach this, this midpoint in the season?
3: Well, the offense of late has been a concern. I know that. And frankly, the Rays could not keep up what they were doing early in the season the whole year. It's important to emphasize that it is such a long season. It's 162 games. There are always ebbs and flows. And right now in Texas, the Rangers have had a great season and their fans are going nuts because that team too has experienced a little bit of a dip. My bigger concern for the Rays long-term is just the health of their pitching staff starters and relievers. Now, McClanahan is down for a little bit, hopefully not too long. They've already lost quite a few pitchers that they were counting on, talking about Rasmus, of court, Rasmussen and, and others as well. So that is always a concern for any team, but this is perhaps their best club, and I would not be surprised to see them go deep in the playoffs. I would not be surprised to see their offense get going again. This is just a lull right now and we'll see where it goes from here.
0: Well, you know, traditionally, the Rays have not been big buyers at any point in the calendar, much less the trade acquisition. But when, as we approach the trade deadline, given that this has been really, I mean, is as promising a season as any that they've had in franchise history, could you see them being big buyers and kind of bucking previous
3: trends and going all in at the deadline? I definitely could. And it's interesting with the Rays, historically, Yes, they're not buyers at the deadline, certainly not in the offseason. But what they do is target high-impact players. Now, they rarely get them for whatever reasons. But if you remember, they were trying to sign Freddie Freeman a few years back. And every year at the deadline, they're looking at big pieces. Now, it's a difficult thing to pull off. And we don't even know which big pieces will be available, if any, really, at this deadline. It's kind of a seller's market right now. So I do expect them to be active. They may simply supplement in a couple of areas where they feel they need help, but I would not be surprised to see them swing big. They've done it before. They did it the year Chris Bryant was available in trade and got traded to the Giants. They were in on him. They were in on Craig Kimbrell. Didn't happen, but they were trying.
0: We have seen, uh, you know, the teams that have started hot in, throughout the first half of the season, but now as of late, I mean, we see this Phillies club that's starting to heat up as well. The Rays uh, recently swept by them. Is there a team in the second half that is maybe not, you know, a, a top of the division standings right now, but you feel is poised for a, a deep second half run?
3: I'm not sure about poised, but we would have to point to the two teams that have been so disappointing so far, the Mets and Padres the Mets just coming off a sweep of the Diamondbacks. They're playing better. The Padres are somewhat better. There is no excuse for these teams to play as poorly as they have. They're two of the most expensive teams in the sport, two of the three. And it's been stunning to see them perform at such a disappointing level. The question is, can they put it together and make enough of a run to get back into the postseason picture? In the Mets case, the division title is pretty much out of reach. The Braves have that. In the West, I imagine the Padres could get back in, especially if the Diamondbacks, the first place team, kind of went backwards a little bit. But they, too, have a lot of obstacles in front of them. So we've been waiting all season for these teams to click. They haven't. If they do, different story.
2: Ken, I want to run something by you here before we say goodbye to you. Uh, As Scott touched on earlier, the uh, Field of Dreams game has become one of our favorite spectacles of the sports calendar. We don't have that this year on Fox. I think they're uh, renovating some corn, some cornfields up there in (laughs) Dwyer'sville. It's a big shucking season. Yeah, it's a shucking season, perhaps. But next year, it was announced that next year you guys will be at the historic Rickwood Field in Birmingham. But Scott and I have been trying to. Uh, contrive some way to get a field of dreams game played in Florida. Uh, we feel like there's potential here, so I want to toss a couple of options at you. We don't have much <laughs> okay, corn. Let's go. We don't have much corn, but we do have oranges. We have citrus grove. So, what do you think about cutting a baseball diamond in a citrus grove? Now, the citrus grower, the farmer may not like that very much because they've had a tough time recently, but I think the MLB and Fox would yeah, would make it right for compensate. them. Or if that's not an option, we play on the beach we play we've got Clearwater beach here big wide beach it would be fun to watch the players try to run in the sand you know the gulf of mexico is your outfield you you hit a ball into the water it's a home run you could be the first person to pair a bow tie with a bathing suit Uh, how do you think
3: that would go over i don't know that america is ready for that or wants to see that but these are interesting ideas now keep in mind Field of Dreams is historical in nature, or actually it's related to the movie. So that's why everyone flocks to that scene and understands the meaning of that site. Rickwood Field is a historical site, of course, in Negro League history, Willie Mays, all these guys that played there. So I don't know that Florida has that cachet, perhaps, but I was thinking when you mentioned this originally, you were going to say something like a game at Disney World or something along those lines in Miami Beach, but... (laughs) I'm not so sure the sport is going there just yet.
2: I think he's telling us we have no shot here, Scott. Well,
0: it, it, <laughs> as as baseball tries to speed the game up, I'm not sure playing in sand is the direction they w- they want to go. Ken, <laughs> right. uh, I, I, we we got to get the story on the the birth of the bow tie, and and that has become kind of your 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 claim to fame. I mean, obviously you're a skilled sports writer and reporter, but that is your look. You have you've owned it. Where did it all start?
3: Well, it's an interesting story. I'll try to make it as brief as I can. David Hill, when he was the lead person at Fox Sports, one year, I believe it was 2012, ordered me to wear a bow tie during the National League Championship Series. I wanted no part of this. And I was kind of insulted would not be the right word, but taken (laughs) aback that he would think I needed this to distinguish me. I thought my reporting should distinguish me. Actually, I think it was 2010, by the way. And he ordered it, and that offseason, after wearing it in the National League, actually in the World Series, I got a call from Dehany Jones, former NFL player, a linebacker, Yeah, and he said, listen, I have this nonprofit. We have these bow ties that represent all these different organizations and charities. Would you like to wear our bow ties? And at first I thought, I never want to wear a bow tie again, but then the light bulb went on and I realized that David Hill is going to still want me to wear a bow tie and I might as well take control of it and have it go to something really good, charitable causes. And that is really how it started. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't something I would ever have thought of, but David Hill, he had the right vision and I see him every couple of years now. And he'll always say, Where's the bow tie? I told you the bow tie was going to be big. Did it you know, great. did you know how to tie a bow tie when he ordered <laughs> you ordered? I did to, not. Okay. <laughs> I did not. The first World Series when I wore it, I had to have people at Fox tying them for me. And then I learned over the off season, but it took a long time. It's not a natural thing where you just pick it up really easily. At least it wasn't for me.
0: Well, down the food chain here in Tampa, a, a few folks had to get fired so the Fox uh, Network could have a, a certified bow tie tire for Ken Rosenthal. So it has worked its don't way think down. I do that's the, the case. No, may, maybe, maybe the not. Person,
3: the person had other responsibilities. He was tying my bow tie. He was already employed.
0: Well, you wear it well. Not yes. not all calls to the to the to the office of the the you know the big boss man go as well as hey we need you to sport a, a bow tie. So uh, right. it has certainly worked well for you. Uh, we appreciate your coverage here on fox you always add so much to the broadcast and of course as we mentioned off the top sports writer of the year uh kudos to all the awards that you continue to bring in and uh thanks for being a part of our podcast here today
3: thanks very much guys appreciate it thanks so much ken go get him
0: ken rosenthal while Ken was talking, we uh, did a quick wardrobe change here, and yes. so we we were inspired by the man that made the bow tie fashionable, and uh, yours looks a little bit better than mine. Yours, uh, very clean, very well, clean lines. How did you think, what do you think about the job I did? I, uh,
2: I think you did pretty well, considering okay. you'd never tied a bow tie until today.
0: Yeah, it took me, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a little windblown, but uh, it took me about 75 minutes to figure that out, so.
2: Can I confess to something, too? That yes. Ken Rosenthal would never let this happen. This is a clip-on job. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. You a t- little,
0: well, the, the, what they say about bow ties, if it's too perfect, then everybody knows it's Does it spin?
2: Does it spin? Look at what, that. Water squirts out of the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this You know what this is for? Ken always wears his bow ties. He told us to support a cause or a yeah. charity. This is from the American Cancer Society's Real Men Wear Pink campaign.
0: Okay. Well, you pull it off so, quite well. So how are we doing? You yeah. should uh, consider transitioning
2: don't yeah no
0: don't (laughs) Don't. I think you should don't don't can we get a vote can we get a poll can we get a poll going let's not should Chris Cato be full-time bow tie guy no I already have enough credibility problems
2: without that
0: uh let's let's bring in BK um you know we were kind of talking about um bow ties uh in having Ken on and so we figured in addition to trying to put our own on uh we we wanted to come up with an all-star cast of famous bow tie wearers yeah and, and maybe you can kind of grade out the teams, BK, that, okay. that, that we have here. So I, why don't you start out with your – I have a feeling your list is going to be a lot more comprehensive than mine.
2: Because uh, I have a clip-on list that, yeah, I, uh, that I carry around. And, BK, just let us know if we leave out any obvious names that should be on our Bowtie All-Star okay. team. I'm okay. thinking people who are synonymous with Bowties. Yeah. First one that comes to mind for me is, is probably Orville Redenbacher. Yeah. I like a good – I like a good popcorn and I, I would
0: have thought popcorn. But yeah, yeah. You think bow tie. Uh, I it do works.
2: And he was. Did you know he's a real person? He was like a, a scientist of course and a, he was. Wasn't um, he
0: in the original commercials? Oh, yes. yeah. OK, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess I thought that I, mean, was I don't a, know that his name was Orville. I, I guess I thought that was an actor. Yeah. I don't know all marketing. Uh, it was Orville Robertson, yeah. and uh, yes. Um, okay, well then I'll go with my number one draft pick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Winston Churchill. Yes, um, I, I think that that's. I wow. want to I want to start high, set the bar high for this team. You're okay. okay. I need a leader of so men. So you're
2: going with world leaders. He was uh, famous for that polka dot bow tie. All right, since you went Churchill, now I need a leader. I can't just have some silly popcorn man. Uh, I've got now he's overshadowed by the top hat, but I've got Abe Lincoln. You look at every image of it's Abe, Did look at see, look I at every he was more image. of an
0: ascot guy.
2: No, look at every image and you know what his bow ties look about
0: like <laughs> about like yours. Well, they didn't have mirrors back then. That's why. <laughs> well, he what's didn't know, your I, it's
2: straight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I'm, I'm taking Abe.
0: Okay, with my second overall pick, I'm going to go in the food category. I'm going to go Colonel Sanders. I mean, yeah. I love uh, a bucket of extra crispy and the way he rocked the bow tie, but his was a little bit different. He kind of had the longer is, I don't know if it's technically a bow tie, is it? It, it is. I okay. had
2: I looked at this because I was wondering too. It's called a Western bow tie or a string tie. Okay. But if you see, there's clearly a bow there. All right, uh, Clearly a bow. That's what you wipe your uh, greasy chicken fingers <laughs> on, the strings. Yes, wipe, wipe it, th- the strings. that was actually
0: a moist towelette. People don't know that. <laughs> uh, right.
2: I've got, uh, let's go with uh, stay in food. Uh, I've got the uh, the guy on the Pringles can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Mr. Pringle. Yeah. It was just—it's
0: just a head and a boat. It's type. a head and a boat. Yeah. Oh, he's got a like, great that's stash. That's the only thing he has. He's, he's got
2: a great, okay. a great stash, Yeah. Okay. I want not have on my team.
0: Okay. The headless body. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Krusty the Clown. We got to get a clown in here. Oh, right? that's true. So. I'll go with Krusty. He's a good one. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, I knew you were going to do that. It creeps me out. Okay. Um, Speaking of people who creep me out and have a weird laugh and that you can also mimic, what about Pee Wee Herman? I mean, Paul (laughs) Rubit. (laughs) Paul Rubit.
0: Well, he is... you, you, uh, You bear striking resemblance to him currently, actually. What do you think? What do you think, BK? Yeah? Uh, uh, Yeah. He could pull off the peewee? A little bit. Have you ever dressed like him for (laughs) Halloween? Uh, No. I
2: I will, though, this Halloween, just for you.
0: Uh, I'm going to go off the map a little bit. Uh, One of the shows that I loved watching reruns of when I was a child was The Addams Family. So the uh, very committed butler, that would be Lurch. Uh, He was super committed. Yeah. Yeah. I I like it. I like the deadpan uh, look, and the bow tie was the personality, you know? Like, it was... He was showing it off. A I don't bit. think I could
2: have told you that he wore a bow tie. Well, I, you should I, go back. I, the rebounds, I guess I'll you know, take your word for sure. it.
0: Um,
2: well, let's go with um, how about well, silent film era? I mean, Charlie Chaplin. Where, no, would tie, yeah, yeah. where would
0: the bow tie be without him? No, he, he blazed the trail for the bow tie, mm-hmm. for he sure. Did. He didn't yeah.
2: even have to speak, his didn't bow tie did word. all the talking.
0: That and the cane and the mustache. Yeah. He had fun with the mustache, too. I feel like you have to wear a mustache with a bow tie to really bring it together. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, actually, you know, these were um, fictional characters, and they both wore ties, and that was all that they wore. That would be Yogi and Boo Boo.
2: Yes. And Boo Boo (laughs) had the bow
0: tie. He did. And Yogi had the long tie. He did. And I, I just... They did have collars, right? Yeah, they, they, they had, had collars. They, it was a well, weird. Well, Yogi had, had a collar setup.
2: Boo Boo just had the tie, but Yogi had a collar and a hat. I yeah, think. yeah. Did
0: he? I don't know. He, I, I he think he had a little hat. It was a bizarre uh, clothing choice. Like, why, you have these wild animals out in the woods, and the, the only thing that they're wearing is ties. Like, what was Hannah? Is it Hannah Barbara? Hannah Barbera, Barbera? Yeah. yeah. What was the thought process? He,
2: well, here's what I landed on. I went down the same path you did. There was also um, Huckleberry Hound just had just had a bow tie and a little hat. uh, uh, Snagglepuss just a bow tie. uh, Porky Pig bow tie and and a coat, no pants. Yeah. And Donald Duck, a boat. Something about these animators decided it was creepy or weird to I think create. they thought it was funny. I think they
0: thought they it would suffi- be weird to have a suffi- naked <laughs> animal.
2: They didn't want an animal to be
0: naked. Well, don't you think a bottom portion of clothing <laughs> would be more appropriate? Ask Woody <laughs> the Pooh. I, yeah. Uh, he did. I, did, Pooh, did Pooh have anything on? He had a t <laughs> sure. shirt. That's all he had. Yeah, that's like the most inappropriate thing ever. Yeah, it's just. I think they tried to class it up a little bit. I, I think that's, that's what the goal was. Is yeah. that they thought, but, and, and it's kind of amusing. It's like, like, okay it's a bear with a tie they actually That's funny
2: i think they made it creepier oh cartoons again like abe lincoln didn't accomplish as much or maybe he did uh mostly known for the hat but big big red bow tie every time big red bow tie cartoon or also a book character I, uh I he was known to um cause trouble he was known to come back uh, uh it no, know uh, the, the, ca- the cat me? in the hat
0: oh big, yeah
2: big red bow tie
0: all right bk do you have any uh contributions to this list yeah, yeah. your, your
1: name of, uh There's, didn't a, uh goober from mayberry did he wear a bow tie well i think there was an episode <laughs> <all I> <laughs> there was an episode
2: where like he and barney were in a barber shop okay. a lot and of they times wore, yeah but barney knew how to dress yeah don don Knotts did it Knotts. was
0: yeah, it was yeah. a nice knot. I mine is not so nice. Um, I think it was just an era where, you know, it was it was expected. You expected more out of your fictional characters. Yeah. Th- that you would dress the part, you know.
2: Even like, the stooges dressed up sometimes and yeah. wore bow ties. Yeah. yeah. BK,
0: have you ever have you ever worn a bow tie?
1: N- uh, no. I no. not think I cannot recall unless my mom put me to Picture of before when I was like four. I bet you all into to prom. What about prom? We all wore the, yeah. the clip-ons like, yeah. like this. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah. And getting, got married, yeah. Yes, you got, you married? got, married, at got, got married at the in the a prom. the bow tie. In a bow tie, yeah. Okay. Wow. Nice.
0: I'm glad that you dressed it up a little bit. I went long tie for my wedding. Did you? Yeah, I decided uh, against the bow wait, Did I? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a long time. Uh, do you have any more on that on uh, that list? There be uh, Chris. You no, know, just to uh, well the the best one. You and
2: I kind of think along the same lines. We talked about this briefly last night. The the best bow tie ever worn, and there wasn't much else being worn. Is Chris Farley as a Chip and Oh yes. Uh, How could we it, leave that one off? That's the best one. That's number yeah, one right yeah, there.
0: No, he had Swayze hands down, and uh, I mean I was more like. Infatuated by the moves that he had You know, a lot of, oh, lot of was thrusting A, a lot, lot of movement, a yeah. lot of wiggling uh, But yes, that was one of the, the Classic SNL bits, yeah Cool. All right. Thank you, BK. Thanks, guys. Very good. Uh, much thanks to uh, our guest today, Ken Rosenthal, and everybody that makes this Nod Pod flow each and every week. Um, working the cameras as we speak and back in the control room. So hats off. Uh, make sure that you check out the full-length episode of this year' podcast. Go to fox13news.com slash Nodpod. Hit that QR code. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher each and every week, and you can catch up with us as well on the social media platforms. I still got to work on this bow tie. It's yeah. just, uh, it's it's close. So it's a little, just yeah, little, it's it's almost there. Little
2: cat- at least, hey, at least you tried. You didn't little, wear a clip-on.
0: Little catty wobbles. Yeah. All right. Until the next time we are on, there are no off days.